G'day and welcome to Aussie Vision. I'm Dale. And g'day, I'm Mike. And welcome to our Eurovision Weekly Show. Actually, the last one of the season, Mike. Yes, it's all on the ground in Liverpool from here. Pretty much, hey? Mm. And we're in that kind of weird stage where we've had all the pre-parties, we've had all the like the competitions, and we're about to hit rehearsals, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Mm. But there's still been some news. There certainly is. There's always news going on, particularly uh, even in these last little stages. <laughs> well, let's talk about Australia first, because mm. we did have confirmation today that Marvin Dietman is the creative director for Voyager's performance in Liverpool. Yes, we'd had a bit of a whiff earlier that perhaps he was in involved but not an official confirmation until today so yeah good to see and of course marvin now he's from austria and he won eurovision as a creative director with conchita verse and rise like a phoenix and he's been doing um this since 2011 he started out with poly Geneva and her first song back in 2011 so mm. over a decade and i think he's had like 22 entries in, yeah in eurovision yeah he's had some real iconic ones as well i mean the likes of uh, growing Up is Getting Old from Bulgaria. Of course, Spaceman last year mm-hmm. for the UK. He did Snap as well. Uh, and Ella from Cyprus, which looked amazing last year. It did look amazing, yeah. didn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I no- did notice as I was going through, because I think he's got some absolutely cracking ones in there. And he's also done stuff like he's been the what the um, viewing room director in 2019 mm-hmm. and the stage director for Eurovision itself in 2015, 2017 and 2018. Wow. So he's very accomplished. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's only done one band, though. Oh. He's all, all been or solos or duos, and um, the one band was Austria 2015 with I Am Yours. It was the famous piano on fire. Exactly. It so, got zero points. Yeah, but I mean, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to say that's iconic because everyone remembers the staging. That's true. So maybe it was just the song and the performance. So we're going to say that's not a... Hopefully that's not a bad omen. <laughs> we, we believe in Marvin. I want to mention also he did El Diablo and TikTok uh, back in 2021, and they were both very, very well received. Receive. So, yeah, it's good to see. We always do sort of have a, a creative director come and help us generally yep. for our uh, entries. So we've got a big name. He's going to be a busy man in uh, Liverpool, I believe. Yeah, exactly. He does have kind of a few entries taking part. I do kind of feel like with a band like Voyager, they probably have a vision already. Mm-hmm. You kind of get um, this person to come in to kind of Eurovision it up the staging, tweak those things that matter. It was a bit like Sasha last year, worked with Sheldon on particularly the movements of mm-hmm. the hands and a lot of things. The creative director doesn't do everything. No. It's I, not I, like in the Eurovision the movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, I kind of agree with you. I think they probably had a pretty um, clear outline of what they wanted to do, and then Marvin's there to, to uh, spruce things up around the edges and make sure that it is got the sparkle required. So the other news of the week was the winner of the couple of big polls that happen every year that we all look at, and it does give some indication sometimes of how things may go. Let's start with, we'll start with Eurojury actually. Now Eurojury is both a public vote from fans and also 50% of the vote is done by musical experts representing each nation, and they have often picked songs that will do well with the jury. Yeah, generally they kind of get the jury vibe kind of correct. So it's always interesting to see what the professional people pick. 
Yeah, exactly. Like they, you know, Don't Come Easy was a big pick. Love is on my side from Portugal that no one sort of saw coming as well. So they do get these little ones um, here and there. Now, Sweden took out the whole thing with public and jury and did take out the jury. Um, reasonably comfortable, 354 points to second place France with 237. Ooh. Now, the big story probably here is that Finland was 10th with 93 points. So is that an omen about how things could go? Mm, no, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> but who knows? Um, obviously, we've always thought Sweden was more of a jury-friendly song, and these jurors tended to pick it. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And we haven't seen live shows. All yep. staging, and that overall impression makes a massive difference. A couple of other ones to call out here. Italy was third. I'm not too surprised with that. UK fourth. Well done. Norway fifth. Spain sixth. Uh, Switzerland and Belgium and Cyprus high making the top 10 as well. So those might be the kind of those three songs which aren't really rated a lot. One of them might jump from the pack and do okay with the jury. Yeah, possibly Belgium. I think with that one is probably more a surprise than the other two for me. They seem more jury friendly songs. And finally, Australia finished 20th, which I think was very respectable, mm. um, kind of midfield amongst there from the jury scores of um, for a rock song, which is pretty hard. And they beat Germany just. <laughs> <laughs> no, good result for them to be in the top 20. Now, the OGAE poll is the other one that's done. It's the fan network of clubs. They all vote for each other. And we basically had another victory for, to Sweden, though it was a lot closer. There's only 29 points to runner-up Finland. Mm. Now, we did talk about this last week on the show. I think Finland's r- result is a good one here, considering the demographic of OGAE normally go for your kind of more safey kind of traditional Eurovision songs. Absolutely. And we're talking Lorraine as well. We're not just talking any sort of Swedish um, artist we are talking the queen of Eurovision so yeah not surprising she won but an excellent result there for Finland as well a no winner of the OGAE poll has won since 2018 Ooh. and 2018 is the only victory since 2014 well there we go so sometimes it can be a little bit hit and miss and but however Lorin did win the OJ poll back in 2012 so that could be quite good France came third so these have been a couple of good results for France I mean I'm hmm. not sure I'm seeing them as a top three song but hey it's certainly working with uh, these Euro juries and these polls at the moment. Well, yeah, we can see that it's a very good uh, package in the studio, isn't it? Let's see what we get when we hit the stage. Exactly. And for Australia, we did come 23rd with just three points. We got points from UK. And I forget who the other one was. Ooh. Someone else gave us a point. Might have been like Finland or someone yeah, like that. Look, I mean, the OJ polls probably not synonymous with rock songs, really, is it? So, yeah, this doesn't surprise me at all. Exactly. Kate Miller-Heike came 27th in the OGAE poll, so you just don't know. Yeah. And to be honest... I must say, OGA gets more wrong than it does get right. I've done a bit of analysis. You can check out on the Aussie Vision website on that one. Yeah, well, I guess they're kind of judging our studios. And I guess once we see all the live performances, things can change drastically. All right, Michael. Well, I think we're to our weekly segment that has naturally occurred over the last few weeks. We're going to talk about... The Netherlands. Again, Again, yes. every week for the last few weeks. But there's a good reason this time. Yes. Well, by all accounts, they have made some tweaks to the song, Dale. So why don't we have a listen to what they performed on Dutch TV earlier this week? Well, I have to say, I think this 
is sounding a lot better than it was in the pre-parties. And I also think this says, hey, listen to some feedback. Feedback's not always a bad thing. Yeah, absolutely. So they're containing less higher notes in this one, which obviously they were finding very, very challenged to also blend in the voice as well. Uh, more present backing vocals was always going to be the case. I thought if you ever need to hide anything, get the backing vocals out. And it's all sung in a little bit of a different key as mm. well. So a little bit more comfortable for both of them. They did say they found the original version way too challenging. And, you know, that's what these pre-parties were for. That's what the previews are for to to get that feedback and make sure you make the right adjustments yeah i'll say on the positives of this whole thing obviously duncan lawrence has also come back over and got involved a little bit as well and i think finding something that they're comfortable with that they're going to feel confident performing because i feel like imagine it's a bit like sport and 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 like an artist if you're feeling confident you're going to play well you're going to sing well and i can't say they would have been feeling too confident after all that um that criticism i'll call it It wasn't very constructive feedback but it has caused an action to happen yeah well mia was saying she never enjoyed singing it and i think you could see that on stage and nobody wants to see a performance where you know the artists are struggling so changes had to be made so um i think fingers crossed i mean it's pretty late in the day but Mm. uh you know it had to improve and it looks like it has yeah exactly now again i don't think the way it was delivered was great but at the same time it has been up the kick up the bum to change it and if they had any hope it's probably with this version and this is why you do pre-party so also this is why you tweak things from rehearsals if you get feedback that's not in the bubble so it can be very helpful I do have questions, though. Why is this happening now? Yeah. They were announced ages ago, right? Well, I was shocked that Duncan Lawrence said that he had never seen them sing the song until Amsterdam. Oh, my God. So, what? I mean, they were announced in November or something. What's been going on? Aren't you supposed to be mentoring these these young artists or these new artists? Like, what is going on? So, I sleep at the wheel here a little bit. Yeah. So, there has been a big, I think, some big positive steps moving forward with Netherlands. And, obviously, the questions will still remain. But, you know what? They can wait till after Eurovision. Best of luck to them. I'm almost rooting for them now. You wouldn't know it from the review and rank episode we did. (laughs) No, I've always liked the song. So hopefully we've got a good version of the song that's going to be delivered on stage and does them both some justice. Now, last year, I felt like we talked about Czech Republic every week because mm-hmm. she was kind of struggling. Will they do that? Will they? And they end up doing a really good performance, qualifying mm. for the final. So let's see if it happens again this year for the Dutch. Right, as we mentioned, rehearsals kick off. They're literally kicking off as we speak right now, aren't they? That's correct. I believe Norway should be on stage in Liverpool as we talk. So there's 10 rehearsing, doing their first rehearsal today. They get 30 minutes. Obviously, there's no coverage for the press to see it this year, which is absolutely fine. But they will probably be revealing at least maybe photographs or TikToks. I'm waiting to see what we get. It's pretty much what we got last year, wasn't it? We got some still images of what the staging looked like. And plus, I think maybe a slight clip on TikTok from yeah. memory. They so. had some kind of weird thing where they were hmm. in the backstage or something. And yeah. they walk on, you'd see a little bit or something like that. So I guess we'll start seeing maybe the first images from some of the uh, entries coming out later today including sweden i think they're taking part so hopefully even if we see images we should see is it the stage or not by Mm. the time you listen to this you've probably seen it all already but we don't know yet (laughs) yeah exactly we'll see if we've got some version of the uh, sandwich press exactly now before we're going to call this a pre-rehearsal prediction as i said (laughs) you've probably already seen things and all these will be obsolete by the time you listen because you would have seen some of these artists but we're going to make some um, bold predictions which we are totally allowed to change our mind on in the next couple of days so mike we're going to start with 
the winner. Who is going to win Eurovision 2023? I think everything's sort of pointing toward another Swedish win, I think. So, oh, yeah. You've look, changed your mind. Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I think maybe the jury points that she'll be getting might be just too much for Karia to, you know, mop up in, in the televote. I still think he'll win the televote, but probably just won't be enough. What's made you change your tune? Because you've been Finland's going to win for a little while now. Yeah, look, I don't know. It's just we're so close to the contest. There's no her, her odds are just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So let's face it, it seems like a bit of a, a, a bit of a juggernaut at this point. It's pretty hard to stop. All right. Well, yes, I'm going to say I've been on her from the start. I think she is a good safe bet at this stage. Mm. But hey, we do still have to see that staging. But as from everything we know now, I think you're right. She'll win that jury and get more in the tally vote then Finland will get in the jury. And that's the key thing, isn't it? That will probably be the key. All right. Well, let's move on to some other ones that may not be so obvious. Mm -hmm. We're going to go for a surprise top 10 result. Now, this has to be a surprise. I can think of ones that are just outside the 10 that I could put in, but I've got it with a big one. But let's start with yours. For me, I think Lithuania might finish (gasps) in the top 10. Oh, that is a big... That's a big shock. Well, I can see some decent jury score coming up. And then also it's a pretty friendly song uh, for sort of of middle-of-the-road mass audience out there. So probably should have some points coming her way. Well, I've also gone for one with uh, kind of of middle-of-the-road potential mass audience from the Baltic uh, with a good jury score I think Estonia could get the top 10 oh okay fair enough so I think um, not Lithuania there but I think and what we've probably both gone there with a little bit is here's an artist who can sing it and perform it well and I think either of those could get good jury scores I think Estonia, she has got an incredible vocal that really comes alive when she performs it live. Mm. So I think that could be... I just feel like it's going to get jury points. Yeah. How many? We'll see. Worried about the public vote, but there will be something for it. I'll, I'll agree. I think we've both gone for really kind of safe packages as far as we know that the artist can deliver it on stage and in a live setting. So, yeah, I'm confident that uh, Lithuania should be pretty good. I'll be, I will be shocked and surprised if either of those actually make the 10, but yes. that's the whole point. It's, <laughs> a surprise. it's not who we... Think we'll make the 10? It's a surprise, top 10. All right, Australia. How are we going to go at this point in time? Yeah, interesting one. I think running order in that grand final, because I'm probably putting us through at this stage, um, will be really critical. Let's hope we don't open the show, you know, being the uh, semi-final to closer. I've got a feeling we're probably going to surprise a bit more. I've got somewhere between 11th and 15th. Oh, well, that's, we've almost gone the same thing. I've gone a bit tighter. I've gone 12th to 14th. Okay. I'm not hmm. feeling like I think it would be a bit of a surprise to make the 10 at this stage. And I think this is where we can sit on that bottom end of that, you hmm. know, left hand and top of the right. But running order will have a, a big, uh, if we open, I could see us being 20th, oh. 17th to 20th, 22nd kind of thing. You just don't know. For sure. If we can somehow wrangle the middle of the show somewhere along the line, I think that might help us. Hmm. Yes. Yeah, so we will have to wait and see. That's our Australia fit. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Next one. Who is going to be the surprise non-qualifier? I don't know with these ones because, I mean, is it a surprise if anyone non-qualifies really? Um, I'm going to sort of stick on the Armenia bandwagon as I don't know if it really has got the hype that people are saying it has and also I'm probably going to throw in Netherlands at this stage as well I probably had them originally going through and even with the slight improvements to the song there's just something not right 
hanging around that whole entry and the delegation this year. So a bit of a banana skin for them, I think, this year. Yeah, no, I do see that. And I have to say, I mean, is the one I'll put down here as well. Um, look, I, she could certainly come and bring some magic on the stage. It'll make me change my mind about this mm. entry. But I'm feeling a lot of walking out vibes of 2019 here, which also went top 10 in the Euro jury that year. A bit of fan hype and crashed and burned. And I just don't see this as this live Eurovision stage performance. But I am re- very ready to eat my words and potentially shave off my beard on that challenge I did in the yeah. review and rank. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because it's probably not a song I would say, oh, wow, that's going to jump out at an audience. But who knows? As you say, if it's well staged, it has got something different. So who knows? But I, I, I'm a bit sceptical. And we often do have a blind spot to a song. Hmm. And both of us feel this way about it. The Ausvision team also ranked it low in, in the low 20s. So, um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see how that goes. Hmm. Right, and the next, the flip side of this, who's going to be the potential surprise qualifier? For me, I'm going to go back to semi-final two on this one. I think Albania. There's something about it I think just will work and will resonate. The whole dynamic of her and the family. Albania tend to do pretty well in the tally votes. So even though she is next to Monica Linkite and they may be vying for the same votes, I think there's enough room for both of them. I've actually got Albania down as well. Mm. Like, I do think this would be a genuine surprise if it gets through, but I think they can do it, and they've done it before. They have done... Mm. I think every time they qualify, it's been a surprise. They've not been in the odds. Mal was not in the odds to qualify. I can tell you, Tokas wasn't in the odds to qualify, Mm. and Karma wasn't in the odds to qualify, or they were all around just outside or around the 10th. So they managed to do it a lot. So Mm. this has got something authentic and real, and audiences tend to like that. So let's see how it goes and how they deliver it on stage with a bit of Sasha Jean-Baptiste magic. Yeah, I I can't (laughs) imagine the stage performance is going to be too much of an issue for them. To be honest, they came across very, very well live. And then one other one I'll quickly want to throw in here because it's outside the odds and fans don't rate it. We've already said this. I think Poland can qualify. Mm, We know that her vocals aren't the best, but you can hide that a bit. And with a tally vote, kind of 100%, I think she can get through. Yeah, I think she's a chance. I wouldn't say she's probably a favourite for me, but she's definitely a chance. If somebody else slips up on the night, she could easily find herself in that top 10. Well, it's a surprise qualifier. Not who I think will qualify necessarily. Though I do think she will. All right. So the final prediction is just a wild card. Anything that you want to predict, it could be anything. Mike, what do you got for us? Um, Ukraine's getting back into the top 10 again. I know this is just really going under the radar at the moment. No one's really talking about Ukraine. I've got a feeling the uh, stage presentation will have impact. The song itself is very, very good. I like it. So, yeah, I can can see uh, a decent vote coming up on the grand final night for that one. Yeah, barely any conversation Barely a mention. Zero in the OGAE poll as Mm. well, I think. So um, I can see why full-on fans aren't kind of going for it. Um, Full-on fans may have Ukraine fatigue, but that doesn't mean the rest of Europe does. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, yeah, I can see this one um, still doing very, very well. And there's a lot of Ukrainians across Europe at the moment, of course, as well. Exactly. And they're going to be host a lot of goodwill. My wildcard one is Italy top three. Mm, Okay, I could see that. Third place, probably. Um, I just feel like we know it's going to get some jury love. We know it's going to get some televote love. And I put even a really good bet at $4.40 the other day for it to be the top big five nation, which I thought was great odds, Mm. can I just say. The fact it was 83 to 1 to win for a while, it's moved in a lot now, was ridiculous. This always had just the ingredients to get a good result 
at Eurovision, but how good? We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, it seemed like such a dominant winner of uh, Sanremo, didn't it? So for it to be completely dismissed like that, I find incredible. I guess him not doing any of the preview parties, etc. He's been a little bit under the radar. He's starting to perform it a bit now live on TV in Europe, etc. He's doing tours. Yeah. He's so, doing his own tour. <laughs> yeah, so um, I, I can imagine it's going to go very, very well, particularly with the jury. Yeah, mm. I do think that um, interesting market, that whole thing of Spain, France, Italy, even to the UK, um, about the who's going to be the best big five. Mm. I think that's a really open race. It should be really interesting. Any of them could do it, I think, except I think, Germany. I think, yeah, I think Spain's <laughs> the one that intrigues me. Mm. I mean, she does do a very uh, incredibly kind of visual performance, and for it, it's just how audiences perhaps in that tally vote will go for it. I think it'll get jury love, but we'll see how the, the tally vote comes for it. I don't see any reason why they wouldn't. All right, well, that's the end of our predictions. There will be more once we actually get rehearsal footage and see what's going on. So big asterisks over all of them. If we get it right, we'll be like 100% believed it. If we change our mind, it never happened. All right, well, last week we didn't get to hear from Andrew because he was traveling over to Cyprus, but we do have an update again from him this week. Yes, good to hear from him. So I guess we should have a listen. Hey Aussie Vision, it's me again, Andrew Lambrew. Just came back from getting a haircut and I leave at 2am to go to Liverpool. So I'm currently in Cyprus, but what a week it's been. I've been uh, rehearsing with the creative directors and putting the pieces of the puzzle together and it's really feeling exciting. I can't wait for that first rehearsal in Liverpool. I think it's just going to be magical. Um, I also had the privilege of visiting my grandparents' villages in Gathika and Bea in Cyprus, and that was just the most magical feeling. I remember my parents, they would always talk to me and say that when you go to the place where your family is from, you're going to feel something like you've never felt before. And I finally felt that yesterday. It was a very emotional day to be greeted by a family that I'd never met before And to see people's faces that look like family members of mine at home in Sydney was the most mind-blowing thing. I just can't even explain it. And it was just fantastic. And the feeling that I'm taking to Liverpool with me from that day is something that is extremely special to me. So it's just really lovely. And I'm feeling very excited. There's so many emotions going through me right now, but... I'm just doing my absolute best to take deep breaths, stay calm and go out there and do what I have to do. And I want to say a huge thank you again to you guys for the continuous support and the love. It really is special to me and it's super special representing Cyprus, but also having that support where I live and where I've grown up in Australia. So yeah, I just wanted to say thank you and next stop, Liverpool. Well, I have to say, Dale, that's one of my favourite updates from Andrew. You can really see him getting into it there in Cyprus. Obviously, still rehearsing with creative directors, etc. Before he hits uh, Liverpool, you know, got the the fresh haircut. He's all <laughs> ready to go, and and how lovely for him to describe uh, going to the villages of his grandparents as well. I love him talking about that. And mm. I think this is such a big story. And the reason Australia's in Eurovision, I always going on about it, the connection between Europe and migrant families and Australia is a reason we are in it. This is mm. a huge part of why we're in it. And we saw this week, uh, Danny from Voyager go back to where he grew up in Germany until he was 11 years old. This kind of, um, I guess, 
journey or this way to go back to where your family are from. I think a lot of families do it. I went back to my grandfather's part of Cardiff where he kind of grew up. It was probably the rough part near the docks and <laughs> we're a bunch of sailors, probably why I'm having a drink now. And everyone does that. Everyone goes through that and why we all travel over to Europe. So amazing to see and hear that. Yeah, you can see he's really connected with it. And I think it's that emotional uh, level that is going to be the X factor for that entry. We've always said, look, here's this really well-written song. Here's this Australian artist. How is it going to come together and be Cypriot? Well, it's there. You know, he's going to deliver that soul into the song for it. So fantastic. Really, really great. I'm so excited for it. And what I love as well, he sounds so excited. Yeah. He he doesn't sound scared. He doesn't sound, I'm sure he'll be nervous and all that, but he sounds ready for the challenge and ready to go and take it on. And that's what you want. There's been so much build up, like get me there, get me into that first rehearsal mm. rather than like, oh my God, this is about to happen. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. so, so it's just been wonderful to hear and wonderful to go on this journey for Andrew to hear every kind of little bit from the suitcase packing to the haircuts and everything <laughs> in between. Yeah, he's been very generous with his time, hasn't he? And uh, yeah, look, I'm really excited to see what they've got uh, planned for the staging because uh, Cyprus put on a show generally and I don't expect any difference this year. Exactly. Well, during the week, Liv from the Aussie Vision team uh, got to chat to Lithuania's own Monica Linkite, and we're going to hear a little bit from the interview now. Going to your outfit at the national final, I really, really loved it, especially that like bedazzled, like either earpiece thing you had going on. Who was the designer and helped put your outfit together? So I have a stylist. My stylist is Greta. Uh, and we worked with designer Renata from Lithuania. And this earring was made from amber because we wanted to keep the amber color because uh, that was quite meaningful for me and for all Lithuanians. Amber is like some kind of Lithuanian gold. And that earring was made from a Lithuanian, very cool brand, The Dust. So yeah, everything is made in Lithuania. <laughs> Oh, beautiful. Good. Slay Greta and Lithuania. And that was absolutely stunning. Um, will we be perhaps seeing some more orange at, in Liverpool 2023? Oh, yeah. I want to be uh, Amber Amber Queen. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, we so live to see it. <laughs> definitely. definitely wanna, we're going to stick with Amber Colour. Yeah. Excellent. Well, from that portion of the interview we just heard, expect a lot of amber and orange colours for her staging, which I think really works. I think that that, that colour scheme gives it a real warmth, as well as, of course, having that extra meaning for Lithuanians. Exactly. Like, um, it is known as Lithuanian gold. It's a really important colour and gem in, or is it a gem? I don't know, whatever it is. Um, it is very important to Lithuanians. So the fact that she's expressing that, remember the diaspora vote as mm -hmm. well, little nod to that. But I think that warmth, and the color comes through about the meaning behind the song and the chuto tuto, which is a kind of a mantra about like, you know, being calm and getting over these things, which she has a really good conversation with Liv um, in the interview about that and a whole bunch of other stuff, including mm. why she feels like Beyonce with Eurovision fans. <laughs> so go and check it out on our YouTube page. Yeah, she's got a very, um, I want to say, very steady head on her shoulders, I think, Monica. And having been there before, I expect she's going to be approaching this competition with a, a lot of confidence. And do you feel like there's that, like, I think, her accent has been picked up from being taught over she lives in London for a bit but it almost comes across Australian 
She has got an no, interesting accent. Uh, oh, the O's are kind <laughs> of like a little bit Aussie sounding, aren't they? Maybe there's a bit of London mixed in there, yeah. A bit Cockney or something. <laughs> And our final interview this week, we are going to hear from Sheldon Riley, our Eurovision 2022 representative. We got to chat to him a lot last year. You got to speak to him in the press centre over in Turin, didn't you? Yes, he was very generous with his time all of last year. And I think it's a really great time to really check in with him. And so I thought, good timing. Yeah, exactly. It's not just about the artists who are competing this year. It's a big Eurovision family, especially in Australia as well. So we got to chat to Sheldon. Kyriakos from the team did because there is some news coming up. But we can't talk about that in this interview here. That will be coming up later. But he'll be talking about here with Kiri about his Eurovision experience a year on. It's almost now a year since you did compete in Turin. How does it feel like looking back to your Eurovision experience a year later? Like, is there like an odd feeling like seeing it happen and you were there last year? Like, how does it feel from the perspective of an artist? Yeah, I, it, I was saying to my friend the other day, I think it finally hit me last, it was last week. I was like, whoa, I really... I really did that. All these memories started popping up as there, as you know, does on your iPhone just starts popping up. And I was like, we did so much. It was such a, it's such a fever dream. It all goes, it all goes so fast. And um, I, it's completely changed my life. I'm, I'm so, I'm so proud of what we did. I mean, I just can't believe I got to do it, to be honest with you. It's just, it's, I'm, I'm still, I'm still shocked, but I think just the whole idea that it happened only really just hit in like last week. I was like, it really, really happened. Um, yeah, I'm, I still smile about it all the time. I, we didn't go small. I think that's something <laughs> I, I often forget. I didn't, right? I, I said to my partner, Zach, I was like, we really went for it. Like, I know it's something I've planned since the day I found out what Eurovision was, but like, you know, for, you know, I mean, most people have a team of 20 to 50. I mean, it was, it was really just Zach and I. So we went, we went pretty big where we went crazy. So yes, still super proud. Uh, have you heard any uh, songs this year? Do you have any favorites? And what do you think of Voyager's song? We'll love yeah, to know. Yeah. I mean, Voyage is great. I'm, ex I'm excited for, I'm, I always get so tripped out because I mean, you know, as we all know, you can't play instruments at Eurovision. So, I mean, for the ones singing up there, I know the pressure, but it's just, I don't know. I just find it so funny when I see, because I know they can play, they can play so damn well. And it's, I don't know if, I think it's just an inside thing in my head that makes me laugh, but they're, they're so incredible. I had a call with them, with Danny before they left and I'm, I'm so pumped for them. They're going to be incredible and they're, they're going off at the at the pre-party they saw the one in spain they're they're incredible i wish them all the best and andrew as well um oh yes yes that's right not in australia but we're excited for him as well you know he's just a big part of the family as well but i mean look since the start of my eurovision dream i've had a number one from every year i i fell so deeply in love with kate miller heike and then after then i was like every single year i'm going to watch so intensely and I, I don't know if it's just my little neurodiverse brain but i get so attached to the songs every year just the one just one every single year <laughs> that it's the only one that i play so it was zero gravity which was what that was 2019 right and then 2020 was uh jean terre's song and then voila 2021 and then everyone knows how much I loved Cornelia just over and over. I, I only listened to her song the whole way there, but I do a post every year as well. If Lorene doesn't win, I'd be very, <laughs> very 
surprised. She's my heart and all. I'm I'm obsessed with her. <laughs> Even you know, remove euphoria, remove yeah, the whole yeah. concept of her being what in my eyes is just like the ruler of Eurovision. She's uh, she's not the queen. Conchita's the queen of Eurovision. She's the <laughs> ruler of Eurovision. How insane is that song? I don't know if you like it or not. But oh, I, no, yeah, I... it's my it's my favourite. I was hooked from the first time I watched it and that staging oh. and everything she gives it. Oh, it's the incredible. Staging. Well, we all know that he just put so much of his heart and soul into that entry last year. So I'm not surprised it's pretty much taken 12 months in order for him to really step back and start to reflect on it. As we know, all those memories come up on social media sites, etc. I'm sure it's all coming back to him now. And uh, yeah, he can be incredibly proud of what he did because they did put on a very, very big show with a fairly small crew. Yeah, I, I think what I love about what he said is like, yeah, we, we went big. Mm. We did it. We, we did everything we could. And I think that's what, you know, you want to go away from and go, I gave it a red hot crack. I got to live out my dream. And I love the fact that he's also reliving things through social media memories like we all do as well. Because <laughs> I'm getting all the ones from Turin last year coming up. It's like, oh, yeah, remember that. And I do think that time lets you appreciate what you did at, at that um, point. Very much so. And it sounds like he's on the Swedish bandwagon again this year. He enjoyed Cornelia last year. And of course, it is Lorraine this year. Exactly. Yeah, he seems very much on board with Tattoo. So all those favourites you mentioned, I, I don't think one's won yet, though. Mm. You know, Cornelia didn't win and Kate Miller-Heike didn't win <laughs> and Jean's Tears didn't get to compete. So hopefully it works this year for Lorraine. He certainly dives in headfirst, doesn't he? If he likes something, he'll immerse himself just in that song. So yeah. that's really interesting. Yeah, so great to hear from Sheldon there. There will be a interview up later this week. Um, we don't have it out now, as I mentioned, but um, look out for that on our socials. All right, well, that's it for the week and for the last weekly of this season, of course, Ooh. because I guess we've got a few things coming up, Mike. We certainly have. We've got a couple of days' work, and then Wednesday night um, here in Australia, we'll head off to Liverpool. So we'll be arriving there on Thursday afternoon. Yes, exactly. So Thursday afternoon, we'll be on the ground in Liverpool dealing with some jet lag. Liv <laughs> from the Aussie Vision team has just landed today. Mm. I think Kyriakos gets in on Friday. We know that some Brits are over there. More are coming. Everyone's in the air Australians are go there's like a massive like brain drain of uh, Australian Eurovision fans at the moment yeah it's all happening isn't it so it's great to see a lot of excited people online uh, talking about their travel plans and heading off to Liverpool so looking forward to seeing some friendly faces over there yeah very excited for it should be good it's also my birthday on the Friday so if mm. you do see me on Friday you can buy me a drink I'd be more than happy <laughs> to take it off you <laughs> <laughs> why not all right well hopefully we'll see some of you on the ground in Liverpool and if not come with us on this journey we're going to have obviously a lot of podcasts coming out once we're on the ground we'll have a lot of other things through all our different social channels and youtube and everything so subscribe to it all and get all this content yeah you're going to be a big couple of weeks coming up bring it on as always thanks for joining us and thank you for your support you can follow us on our social media channels at AussieVisionNet. And if you want to support the work that we and 20 Aussie Vision volunteers do and get some really good bonus content, then you can subscribe to our Patreon. The link is in the show notes. Thanks very much. Catch you later.